Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. This week, as I was preparing to speak and uh, preparing this message, I woke up one day and God began to give me this reassurance in my spirit. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I preached about the type of fast, good fast, the type of fast that God is looking for. And the type of fast that God wants is, is the type of fast that uh, loses chains in people's lives. The type of fast that breaks yokes. The type of fast that sets people free from their spiritual bondages and sometimes even physical bondages. And, and as I uh, preached that last week, I woke up one morning and, and, and the Holy Spirit gave me this reassurance that day is happening. It's happening. I want you to tell the church You know, as you are fasting, as you are praying, God is confirming in my spirit that addictions are being broken in the name of Jesus. You know, I might not know what you are fasting and praying for. I might not know what private battles you are fighting. But one thing for sure, we all have private battles. We all have private struggles. And I want you to know, as you're fasting and praying, it's being broken in the name of Jesus. Strongholds are being pulled down in the name of Jesus as we fast and pray, not just as individuals, but as a church. Because there's power in numbers, and there's even more power in numbers when we fast and pray as a community in numbers. Amen? And I just want to declare that over you. I don't know what you're believing God for, and then let this be an encouragement. That addiction, that bad habit, you know, that, that, that fear. Do you know sometimes we can be addicted and chained down by fear? No, it's called paranoia. You know, sometimes, you know, God keeps blessing us, but we keep being afraid. Have, have you met people like that? You know, oh, I don't know how, I don't know how. And then God blesses them with whatever they need, whether it's finances, whether it's a job. And then they go, oh, no, I hope I can keep this job. And then God allows them to keep the job. Oh, I hope I got enough. And the, the, the fear never runs out, even though the blessing keeps coming. It's a form of bondage. It's a form of addiction. And, and God is saying that, you know, it's being broken in the name of Jesus. You know, some of us here, we, we are stuck in this perpetual loop of lukewarmness. And, and we, we want to get hot for Jesus, but then we... We eventually, I don't know why, cycle, you know, back to cold, cycle back to lukewarmness. And, and God is saying that that cycle is being broken in the name of Jesus. You know, some people are praying for that. Some people are fasting for that. I want to declare good news, church, that it's happening. In fact, the word God used is renovation. He's saying, Dave, I'm renovating the hearts of my people. Things are being torn down. You know, have you seen a house that's being renovated before? You know, it usually tear it down so that it can be built. Something better can be built on top of that, right? You know, the ugly walls are being teared down. You know, and then another picture that the Holy Spirit gave me was like, you know, there are certain, you know, addictions and, and, and specifically, you know, God gave me this word, you know, uh, uh, approval addiction. Before that, I was like, oh, what's that? Approval addiction. Sometimes people can be so addicted to approval of other people. You know, we, we can't, we can't, you know, we are, we're so insecure. We're constantly living for other people's yes, other people's smile, other people's support. We're so afraid to be who God has called us to be. And that addiction, God says, is also being broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you believe it, say amen. 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 The, the, the picture God gave me is, is, is like, you know, old wallpaper. And God's tearing down the old wallpaper and He's painting up something brand new. He's adding color to our lives. But how many know that renovation is not just about tearing down, but it's also about building up? 
And God began to lay the foundations for the message today. And says that now that I'm tearing down, now that the fasting and prayer is tearing down fear, tearing down paranoia, breaking the yokes of addictions and bondages in people's lives, I want to build. And one of the things that God wants to build in our lives is the right attitude. So if you're taking down notes, the title for today's message is called Good Attitudes. How many know that attitudes bring you far in life? You know, that day me and uh, Pastor Cat were having a conversation and I was just asking her how's work and stuff like that. And we came to this conclusion, both in her life now and, and, and my working life and, and just, you know, talking about, yeah, we, we see this consistent pattern, whether it's work life in Malaysia or even here in, in, in the UK, we realize that the right attitude, good attitudes get rewarded. And good attitudes will make your boss fight for you. You know, recently, Pastor Kerr was sharing how there was one colleague who had such a good attitude that, you know, even though he applied for a position and it wasn't available, but when the position was available again, the boss that said, oh, so sorry, the, the position's not available, we can't hire you, went out of the way to find him, to knock on his door again, to call him up, and say, it's available now, we want you, do you want it? You see, the right attitude sets you apart. Not your connections. Not who you know. It's about the right attitude. The, right atti- the wrong attitude can also get you in trouble. You know, and, 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 and people get fired because they have the wrong attitude. You know, people, uh, yesterday, you know, Pastor Cat was uh, breaking fast in Bristol and I uh, walked into this famous uh, chocolate cake shop, which shall not be named, you know, because we don't want to just get in trouble. But, uh, you know, the, the, the people were giving her such bad service, bad attitude. They ignored her completely. She was there, you know, little Asian girl, just wanting to buy one cupcake. No, but they were just, you know, busy packing down and, 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 and ignoring her totally. She tried, hi, I want something. And because of that bad attitude, even though they were famous, after a while, Pastor Cat go like, let's go. Wow. So it doesn't matter how famous you are, how good reviews you are, sometimes the bad attitude can make you lose out. And whether this, you know, this, this, this cafe realizes or not, they, they've lost out on one customer. No, but not just any customer, no pastor, no? Carries the anointing, carries the anointing. You know, she, she walks into a shop, extra business comes in. You know, walks out of the shop, okay, let's, let's see, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll give an updated, you know, report on uh, whether this shop still exists. In the, no, I'm just joking. No, but, but the right attitude, friends. And so God is saying that I want to build the right attitude, my people, because I'm not sure about you, but I hope that in this fasting and prayer, you've also discovered certain things about your own attitudes and your own attitudes towards God. Maybe you discover, oh, my attitude towards prayer can be better. My attitude towards serving can be better. Oh, my attitude towards spending time with God could be better. My attitude towards faith uh, is lacking. And so God wants to install, and for some of us, this is a brand new installation. But for some of us, this could be a reinstallation because it was once a priority in your life, but eventually, uh, you, you, you sidetracked it. Eventually, you, you box God up and go like, no, 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 stay in that corner, God. And God wants to renovate. Amen? And so, you know, what better place to learn about attitudes than from the Beatitudes, which is the Sermon of the Mount, the, 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 the opening, you know, words of Jesus' first sermon. And so, if you have a Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read all the way from verse 1 
to verse 12. Amen? Amen. Praise God. If you have the Bibles, turn to it. Otherwise, we'll get XCV to help flash it up. Uh, for some of us here who don't have Bibles, so you won't miss out as well. Amen. Praise God. Are you there? Amen. Come on, church. Preach back to me. And uh, allow us to pray uh, before we even read God's Word, shall we? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. It is alive. It is living. And God, we right now want to say, God, prepare our hearts to receive your Word. Lord, as we read it, let it come alive. Let it jump out of the pages, out of the devices we're reading from and into our hearts, God. God, today we're not gathered here for more information. We're gathered here for transformation. Come and transform us from the inside out for your glory, God. God, complete the renovation of our heart this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Let's read together. And seeing the multitudes... He went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Next page. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen? Now, the Beatitudes might not be new to some of us here, and, uh, but you know, I want to uh, bring us into it. Now, first of all, disclaimer. Your pastor is not an expert. He didn't go to Bible school. I hope this doesn't stumble you. Uh, but he does really love God, really love His Word. And so there will probably be experts out there that can bring you through the Beatitudes line by line by line and how each word means what and things like that in the, you know, in the Aramaic and in, in Hebrew. I'm not going to do that. I'm not that guy this morning, this morning. And, you know, I'm more interested in applying. Some of you who have been in Acts long enough or you heard my preaching long enough, I'm focused not so much on learning the Word of God, but living out the Word of God. Sometimes we spend so much time debating on the Word of God, all we need to do is live it out. Once we live it out, there's no more debate. It's only when we don't live it out that we debate. Amen? Just live it out. And, and see whether it works. And so, I believe that the Beatitudes is not just a, a proclamation. It's not just nice-sounding blessings. It's something that we ought to live out. And so, I begin to seek God. God, these are beautiful words, but I don't want to uh, go deep. I want to I I go practical this morning. And so, God began to reveal to me. And so, today, I'm going to summarize. So, what we're going to do is we're going to draw out some common attitudes from the Beatitudes, and apply them into our lives. And I pray that as you apply this, you will be blessed. In fact, the, the word Beatitudes, it means a supreme blessing. Do you know that? You know, in, in the original language, I, I'm so sorry, I said I won't go into the original language, but I'll go in a little bit. I can't help it. 
you know, when Jesus says, no, blessed are, blessed are, it's not just, no, oh, bless you here, bless you there. The, the, the original root word is, it means this, supremely blessed. Wow. Supremely blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Supremely blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Wow. Supremely blessed. I can't help but think of well, supreme. Not just blessed, supremely blessed. The type of blessing that's like the brand supreme, where people queue up for, you know what I'm saying? You know, God is saying that, I'm going to give you blessing that it's worth queuing up for. In fact, I was, I was joking with the church yesterday in Bristol, hey, it'd be fun. We'd make a, no, our own t-shirt. We would steal the font from Supreme. But instead of Supreme, we just say blessed, right? Okay, and then I see, I know. I know some people in church here study fashion, and they're giving me the thumbs down, so I'll, I'll, it's okay. I'll stay in my lane, I'll do the preaching. You know, but, but supremely blessed. God wants us to be supremely blessed if we can get these attitudes right. And God began to tell me that, you know, attitudes, you know, first of all, let me show you the definition of attitude. Because sometimes we can say, oh no, what is attitude? You know, it's sounds like surfer language, you know, ooh, attitude, dude. But attitude means this, a settled way of thinking or feeling about something. A settled way of thinking or feeling about something. God wants to change our settled way of thinking and feeling about Him today. And as we get into the right way, as we settle into the good way, the God way of thinking and feeling about God, then we will get the most out of God. That's how you'll be supremely blessed. And take for example, let's say you don't know me. And from afar, you look at me and go like, oh man, this guy that stands in front there, wears a suit, shouts into the mic, he looks a bit skeevy. You know, I don't like people with facial hair, he has facial hair. And, and that's just your preconceived notion of me. But if you really know me, then you realize that I'm not like that. And then you'll be able to be supremely blessed by me. But if you don't know me, you won't be supremely blessed by me. Does that make sense? You know, I was having a, a conversation with someone. I said that, you know, sometimes uh, uh, being friends with a pastor is a double-edged sword. Even when they are joking with you, it sounds like an interrogation. You know, so sometimes I go, hey, hey, who's the guy? Who's the guy? And then the guy go, oh, no, pastor is interrogating me. You know, whether the friend I'm bringing to church today is, do I have any love interest for the person? No, 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 it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Oh, is it? Anyway, so, it's not about me, it's about God. So, I want us to understand. So, when Jesus speaks, you got to understand, when Jesus preached, this is the first message he preached. When he preached, he wasn't just telling us things about God. He's telling us about God's nature. Do you know that, right? From a person's speech, you learn a lot about that person. And so Jesus is trying to tell us, even from this opening you know, a, a sermon, that this is who I am. And, and point number one, and I pray that this will help form our attitude. Point number one, the attitude that we should grab out of this, we got to live life from now on with the attitude that God sees. If you look at all the Beatitudes, Jesus is saying that, hey, Blessed are those who are suffering. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, for, for justice. Blessed are those who, you know, are persecuted. In other words, Jesus is trying to say, God sees your suffering. God sees your mourning. God sees your hardship. God sees. And, and God sees not as man sees, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God sees into the heart. God has vision even better than x-ray vision. Because actually vision can see your bones, it can see your heart. Oh yeah, Google it. Scientific medical fact. Can see the shape of heart, can see the uh, scan care, but let's not get into that. So the thing is this, you know, God sees into the heart, but not just the shape of your heart, the physical shape, but the spiritual condition of your heart. 
That's why it says that blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are those who are gentle and meek. God sees. And this should form, you know, a new attitude on how we live for God. No, can you imagine when you start living a life with this attitude that you know what? God sees. So in everything I do, God sees. So, so, so God sees how I approach my studies. He actually does. God sees how I treat my wife. He does. There's no point for me looking like a, a, a put-together pastor on the outside, but if I don't honour my wife, guess what? God sees. But when I begin to live, oh, God sees, I begin to live a righteous life. You see the genius of Jesus' preaching? He didn't have to go into like, no, don't do this, don't do that, this sin is okay, this, that, and all. They just go like, look, God sees. If, if you can get anything from it, it's that God sees. Both the outward and the inward, God sees. More than you realize, God sees. And maybe this word is an encouragement for some of us here. Because I know we've got great people in church who travel so far out, all the way from Birmingham to come to church in London. God sees. All the way from Reading. God sees. All the way from Hertfordshire. God sees. All the way from Kensington. God sees. All the way from King's Cross and you're still late by five minutes, God sees. <laughs> this word, I pray, will be an encouragement for those of you who are running the extra mile. But I pray that it will also be a heart check for us. Can you imagine? And I think the guys will be the first to freak out. Can you imagine if God sees your search history? No amount of deleting can delete off. Whatever God sees, He sees. Girls, what if God sees all your chats? See, all heads going down. No, no, no. Lift, lift up, lift up, lift up. This church. What Jesus is trying to say is this. Whether you do it, because when you, when you have this attitude that, you know what, I'm going to live my life now with the attitude of God sees, then I will be excellent. Because God sees all the small things. God sees. But if I do it out of fear, oh, God sees. So I can't mess around. God sees. No matter whether you do it out of excellence, do it out of faith, or do it out of fear, you still stand to be blessed. That's how perfect God's command is. Because I see, honour me. Whether you honour me out of faith or you honour me out of fear, once you honour me, you will be supremely blessed. And I pray that this, in this prayer of fasting season, this will help make us check our hearts to go like, man, have I been living? Because some of us here, you know, we have two languages. The language you use in front of your pastor, faith, 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 faith. And then the language you use in front of your friends, also F, but not doesn't sound like faith. Shorter than faith, if you want to spell it. Harder sounding, but let's not go there. But, you, but once you realize, you know what God sees? God sees the language I use. There's no hiding from God. God, God sees my effort. God, God sees it. So I'm going to live a life of excellence. God sees how I approach my studies. God sees how I treat my colleagues. God sees how I treat my family. God sees my public persona and my private persona. God sees. And I pray that this will help us to build within us an attitude of righteousness, an attitude of fearing God, an attitude of giving God our best. Can you imagine? You know, the worship will go up the next level when every one of the worship team begins to realize that actually God sees. 
God sees the effort I put into practice, not just on my Sunday output. God sees. I know we have some, you know, great volunteers on the worship team. You know, Henry is one of them. Without fail, help us to carry stuff. Even though he studies, you know, theoretical physics. There's, there's some Stephen Hawking level stuff, man. But yet, his hands are like, no, I'm going to carry, I'm going to honour God. Do you think God sees? Sometimes we think that God sees my playing on a Sunday. No, God sees your carrying on a Saturday. God sees your practice. God sees your preparation. Do, do you understand, friends? Have an attitude. God sees. They live a life with the right attitude towards God. God, you see everything. So everything I do, let it be honouring onto you. God, there's no point hiding from you. So, so I'm just going to give you my best. In my study, in my relationships, you know, in, in, my, in my giving, God sees. And that's why sometimes we, we, we come to this conundrum. You know, how come I go to the same church as my friend? My friend is blessed. I'm not blessed. My friend has a testimony. I don't have a testimony. God sees. I give. Yeah, but God sees. Not just how much you give, but how you give. So when you have that, man, it creates this successful attitude in your life. But jumping on from that, point number two, not only does God seize, God rewards. And that's the attitude of faith we should have. No matter what I'm going through life, God rewards. If you look at all the eight Beatitudes that we just read, it all ends with a reward. Amen? It says here, right? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Not might, they shall. Blessed are those who are gentle, or blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Every command by Jesus, every encouragement by Jesus, ends with a reward. What is God trying to tell us? He's a God who not only sees, but He's a God who rewards. So whatever you're going through right now, and this is a perfect I hope this is the perfect word for you in this 21 days of prayer and fasting because right now you're praying and fasting for breakthrough. But if you have this attitude of God rewards, it's going to change the way you pray. Because if you're not sure, oh, I don't know about God, does He really reward? He rewards. And therefore now I can have an attitude of faith towards Him. I can have an attitude, and this is the word I want all of us to catch, of expectation. God gave me this word. He, he gave me this visual of a pregnant lady. Do you know that when a lady is pregnant and until they give birth, that season is not called waiting. It's called expecting. We even have books. What to expect when you're expecting. Right? So it's not waiting, you know. Oh, congratulations. Oh, just waiting. No, you say, I'm expecting. Is it a boy or a girl? Don't know, but I'm expecting. Do you see a change in attitude? Does the person go like, uh, so where's your baby coming? Uh, next June. Oh, so have you done shopping? Uh, I'll wait until the baby arrives at our shop. No. People who are expecting their shopping IKEA, they're building, you know, cots and prams over the weekend. The dads, even though the dad's not the one carrying, but the dad's expecting. And that's the one buying paint. Do you know the gender of the baby? Oh, I don't know. So I'll buy both blue and pink. Because who says boys can't wear pink? Right? Salmons are pink. 
The salmon are boys. Some salmon are boys. Okay, let's not go into that. But you understand? Expecting. And so God is saying that once you know that I'm a God who rewards, you're going to have an attitude of expectation. Oh, and what a different attitude it is. Oh man, an attitude of expectation. Have you seen a person who worships, and this is the worship, because the worship team sees people's worship reaction, right? And I know, right, you guys? People who worship with no expectation and people who worship expectation. You can see the difference. Some tears only come out because there's an expectation. And so God is saying that have the attitude of expectation, but how does the attitude of expectation, how does it form when you begin to understand the truth that God rewards? God rewards. So in this time of praying and fasting, yes, you're praying and fasting, but pray and fast with expectation. Amen? Of your breakthrough. Imagine, no, like the, when I look at a pregnant lady, oh, there's confidence. Oh, there's outspokenness. They're on the tube, they're wearing a little button. Baby on board. Please, you know, don't poke me. Give your seat to me. Wow, when you're expecting, you can make demands confidently. You can go up to a person who's sitting down and go like, <coughs> not say a single word, but because you're expecting, some, some expectation you can see, right? Physically. Some girls are so thin you can't see, you just have to trust the badge. Okay, if you say so, you're expecting. Okay, okay, never mind, never mind. Okay, have a seat. But expectation gives them confidence to go up and ask for things. Expectation allows you to venture out in faith. Expectation allows you to pray. Have you had it? No. The mom hasn't carried the baby, but she's already celebrating. And the celebration will increase when the baby comes. But even when she's expecting, she's celebrating. Even when she's expecting, she's declaring, Hey guys, I'm pregnant. Baby shower. Has the baby arrived yet? No, but shower. Shower me. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Baby shower, but the baby's not there. I mean, the baby's there in the tummy, but you know, the, the mom gets to... Anyway, Right? Maybe one day, you know, guys, we should do baby showers, as well, right? And they go, uh, please, uh, buy my baby uh, PS5. I will play first, and I set aside for my son when he grows up. Uh, doesn't matter if it's PS10 by then, he will have the PS5. You know, but, but there's expectation, there's confidence. And God is saying that, I want my people to know how to approach me with a heart of excellence. God sees, but a heart of expectation. And let this be an encouragement that not only does God sees, but God rewards. So those of you who travel, I know, you, you pay the price to be here. And now some of you travel all the way from Watford Junction. God sees and God rewards. Some of you travel, you know, you take multiple trains to be here. You sacrifice to be here. The weather is so cold, you were so tempted to stay in today. It was so misty. It felt like even nature is trying to blur your vision to go, to go back to sleep. But then you are here. So God sees and God rewards. Amen? So have that attitude. And point number three, God cares. God cares. Let's think about the Beatitudes again. Jesus wasn't just saying it for saying's sake. He's saying it because He cares. He, he actually cares about all those things that he's preaching on. Sometimes we think that Christianity is just about me, 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 me. No. It's about being a blessing. And the historical context is this, that, you know, 
the big declaration in the Old Testament on a mountain was Moses. And he gave them 10 things to do and don't do. So immediately, in the Old Testament, on a, the, the sermon preached on the mountain is, don't kill, don't steal, don't this, don't that. But the first powerful sermon preached in the New Testament on a mountain is this, blessed, blessed, blessed. But not only are you blessed, but I actually care about these things. I see you, you who mourn, I actually care about your mourning. I see you who are a peacemaker, and I actually care about peace. I, I, I see you, you know, a person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. I'm bothered by injustice, just like you. And Jesus was trying to tell you know, the people, because back then, because of the Old Testament declaration from the Ten Commandments, it was good, it was from God, but unknowingly, it made the people of God very self-centered. It's about us as God's chosen people, doing this to please Him. And Jesus is trying to say that it's about Him. And it's about His chosen people, but chosen to be a blessing. And so, Jesus was proclaiming that Christianity is not a faith that wants you to sell off all your material possessions and go to a mountain and meditate Om, while the world burns in chaos. It's actually the opposite. Jesus is saying that not only do I see, not only do I reward, but I actually care about justice. So go and implement justice. I actually care about consoling those who mourn. So go and comfort those who mourn. I actually care about peace. So I know peacemakers, you always get in trouble. And how many here have tried to be a peacemaker in your house before? Peacemaker for your family, siblings, and then you end up you know, being upgraded to the next verse. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Right? You're there, you know, no, sister, brother, don't fight. And then they fight you. You're there trying to unite your housemates. No, we're all housemates, don't fight. Then they unite against you. And, and so being a peacemaker is not easy, but Jesus says that I, I actually want peace. So go and be a peacemaker. I know it's not easy, but I see and I reward. You will be persecuted, but I see and I reward. Go and be meek. Gentleness. And, and this, this, this blows our minds because Jesus is saying that, look, I, I'm not creating a faith that is, you know, asking you to leave the world and reject the world. I'm wanting you to redeem the world as I will redeem the world. So in other words, as a Christian, our attitude towards God is not complete if we don't understand that God calls us for a purpose and God calls us for a mission. It's not just about, oh God, you see everything. Oh God, you reward. So bless me, bless me, bless me. It's about God, you care about peace. So I'm going to be a peacemaker, even at the cost of my own detriment. I'm going to go and fight against injustice because you love those who hunger and thirst against injustice. I, I, go and, and, and be meek, be gentle. Do you know how many times I've heard this before? Oh, pastor, I'm inviting my friends to church, but oh, they, they've been hurt by church. They've been hurt by Christians. I really believe that if there can be more humility in believers, more people 
will come to know Jesus. What's the first command? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Do you know what poor in spirit means? It means understanding that you don't have it. What what do poor people have? Nothing. So poor in spirit means that understanding that God, I, I have nothing. I have nothing. Lord, spiritually, I'm bankrupt. I need you. God, this anointing is not from me. It's from you. Because I don't have it. You know, God, you know, please bless me with, you know, with, with this ability to, to, to close this because I, I don't have it. I need, and when you begin to approach the world in humility, as you begin to role model out humility, I believe the world will be transformed. So God is saying that I want my church as they pray and fast to realize that I'm about the loss. I'm about reaching those who don't know me. And I'm about my believers living their lives out. Because you know what's the best way to win people over? With your action. Because people can debate with you, but they can't debate with your action. Love is love. Kindness is kindness. Compassion is compassion. Forgiveness is forgiveness. But when we begin to go into marriage of who can be forgiven, who can't be forgiven, that's where people get fed up with us. And so God is saying that I want my church to be like that. I want my church to, to live with a fear of God, to live with an attitude that I see all, therefore serve me with their best. Live with an attitude of expectation because I reward and it's just a matter of time. Some of you here, you're praying for that breakthrough. You're praying for that healing. Can I declare God's word over you this morning? It's only a matter of time. God will bring, God will reward. And last but not least, let's have an attitude that God cares. And if, and if Jesus cares, I want to care. We got to start caring for what Jesus cares for. I hope that out of this, some of you here, God will click into you, your purpose and your calling for your future. You know, sometimes people come up to me and they go like, oh, pastor, you know, oh, I, I, I know last week you had a chance to fellowship with, uh, you know, a couple of doctors and they said, oh, wow, I'm really into medical missions. And I said, that's great. I love medical missions. But do you know that missions can be done, not just medical missions, missions can be done just by that person being a doctor in a hospital? Because you know what? God cares. Jesus is trying to tell us that, look, don't reject the material world, redeem it. Don't run away. You know, sometimes people... <laughs> you know, Christians especially like to go into this whole thing about like, oh, what kind of music can I listen to? Do you know that God loves all music? It's nothing wrong with the music. It's what that music is used for. And so the same thing. God wants His people. God wants you to be the best lawyer you can be because He cares about justice. God wants you to be the best counselor you can be because He cares about consoling those who are mourning. God wants you to be the best, I don't know, social activists. Because God cares about peacemakers, policy changers. God cares. So, love God, and but care for what He cares for. And I pray that this will form a new attitude in our hearts as God is renovating us, as He built this foundation. I pray that out of this foundation that God cares, God sees, God rewards, you will build your career. Do you know that you'll be supremely blessed in your job just on one principle that God sees? You know, last week, uh, 
Jiang, our Bristol coordinator, a priest, and he shared uh, how he had such a terrible week and uh, how he works for a, a, a very tough boss who's not only a workaholic, but a micromanager, which means that she will micromanage you all the time. And he was doing this deal which the client demanded to be closed by a certain time. And because he's an auditor, the client made this... I, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not an auditor, so I wouldn't know. But made this uh, declaration, okay, I want it by this day, two days before the signing, and I don't want the numbers to change. I don't want the numbers to change. I don't know. Auditor don't want the numbers to change. But anyway, so he did his best, tried to deliver on a deadline. But in the last minute, he found this issue that had to be raised up. This issue that will change the numbers. So he has this thing. Ooh, do I raise this issue? Mess up the deadline potentially? Make the client unhappy? Make my micromanager boss even more micromanaging? So turn to the people around him. Some person says that, just sweep it underneath the carpet. Just sweep it. I know some of you might be thinking, oh, auditor? You can ask some of the auditors in church. It happens more often than you realize. Why? We live in a fallen world. You know, PWC is not the most trustworthy name. Jesus is the most trustworthy name. Amen? And not against PWC, you know. So name all the competitors, okay? Just, just yeah, fill in the blank. And so, but he realized this. You know what? God sees. So he went up to the boss. The very same boss that has been giving him sleepless nights. Go up to him. Oh, sorry. And go like, uh, there's this issue. Oh, I'm so sorry, I've got to raise it up. And then, not only does God see, God rewards. And guess what? The boss goes, oh, actually that's quite important. Actually, it's quite good that you, 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 you caught it. You know what? Don't worry about the client. I'll help you manage it. Do you see what good attitude births? Your boss fights for you. Don't worry. I'll manage it. And guess what? Actually, I'm very impressed by the fact that you raised this up. Because other people would have missed this. Other people would have not reported it. But because of the fact that you didn't miss it and you reported it, I'm going to trust you more. So I don't think I need to micromanage you anymore. I mean, she didn't say the word micromanage, but you know. He said that you can be running this project from now onwards. And John was like, oh, but, 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 yeah. Because if you can raise this up, it shows me that you're integrous. It shows me that you're trustworthy. Do you, do you see? God sees. God rewards. And God cares actually about right numbers. And I'm not sure whether the boss is a believer or not, but one day when the boss does believe in the name of Jesus, either that or we, we're always praying, you know, to tell hey, either God saves your boss or God removes your boss, but we'll pray for her salvation. But when she does believe, it will be because she's met some people who care. And it makes sense to her, wow, these people about faith, they're not just faith, 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 have their head stuck on the cloud, they're about excellence. They're about righteousness. They're about doing a good job. They're about standing strong in the face of adversity. All the things that Jesus cares for. And this last point is the kicker. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And with this, 
I'll wrap. One last scripture. Can we do that, church? Why is it so important to realize that Jesus cares? Because of verse 13. Many times you read the Beatitudes separate, and then we read this, but we've read it separate as well. Matthew 5.13 says this, You are the salt of the earth. How many of you have heard that preach before? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. But Jesus says, But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You see, if you read it in context, you realize that verse 1 to verse 12 wasn't just blessing and beatitudes only, but it was a setup for the punchline in verse 13. God wants us to be salt. What kind of salt is He looking for? People who care. People with a, with a God-fearing attitude. People with an expecting attitude. But people who would not reject the world but redeem it, enter the world, be like His Word and says that be in the world but not of the world, but be in it, redeem it, love it, care for it, nurture it, nurse it back to health. That's what salt does. Salt adds flavor. Salt heals. As painful as it is, but it heals. How many of you heard before, you've got a mouth ulcer, your friend says put some salt on it. And you put on it and it stings, but it heals. And so God is saying that I want you to be salt, but salt's got to have something to cling on to. And so many times as believers, we don't cling on to the world, we cling to ourselves. We get fixated. Oh no, we're just a little church. God bless me, bless me, bless me. God said, no, if you only, I will bless you if you only start caring what I care for. So start going out there. So in other words, being salt and light and the Beatitudes go hand in hand. What is the salt that God is looking for? Peacemakers. People who are meek. People who comfort those who mourn. People who desire justice. People who are not afraid to be persecuted. But if you don't stand for that, then you are like salt that has lost its seasoning. It is only good to be thrown out. And living in London, we've seen that, haven't we? The type of salt people throw outside of the tube stations to stop people from slipping. Is that cooking salt? No. It's hard salt. Salt that melts snow. Salt that's Serves nothing except to be trampled on. And Jesus says that I did not design for you to be trampled on. I designed for you to be fulfilling my purposes. So start living it out, church. Can we be a church that's a salt church? Can we be a church that's a light church? I pray that we will. I pray that we will say yes. And I pray that in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, God will shape us more and more into that kind of church. The church with the right attitude. The church with the good attitude. The church with the God attitude. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, we just want to come before you. And God, I just want to say, Lord, help us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are rebuilding. Lord, I thank you that you are renovating the hearts of people, tearing down strongholds, tearing down and breaking addictions, God. But God, you are also installing. You are also building. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would complete the construction of these new attitudes in our life. And let it form a foundation that we build our life on, that we build our careers on, 
rebuild our callings on. In whatever we do, help us to do it unto you because you see all. In whatever we are going through, help us to go through with faith because you are a God who rewards. And God, this life, this one life that we live, Lord, help us not to live for ourselves because you care for the world. In fact, your word says you love the world. That you died for us. So God, help us to be good custodians of the opportunities, the careers, the causes that you have blessed us with. Help us to be salt and light that you desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.